Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. G'day guys, welcome back to Beers and Breakevens, round two, done and dusted. Uh, pretty good week, bounce back week for a lot of people off the back of round one that was an absolute nightmare. Beers and Breakevens brought to you by Bloke in a Bar, the beer of sport, the unofficial beer of Supercoach. Go out, grab yourself a case this weekend. Join once again, Timmy Williams, welcome back mate. Very good to be back mate, not to see your mug, but getting a free tin of Bloke in a Bar every week, couldn't be happy about it mate, so how good a Tuesday night. I've caught worse from prettier, so that is fine <laughs> by me. Mate, on the weekend, uh, our scores were pretty close, I think I pipped you by about 16 points, uh, 9.86 for me, yourself? Yeah, 970 odd. So again, decent bounce back week, well above the average there. So a fickle old game, super coach, especially early in the year. So not too bad from the boys. Not too bad, but definitely could have been better. 986 would have been great, just quietly. Mate, 987 even better, but <laughs> neither of us got there. So uh, we're once again joined by Matty the Water Boy. Matt, how'd you go on this weekend, mate? What's going on? Um, I thought I did worse. I actually got 955, which I'm not too sad about. My first week was was pretty terrible, but um, yeah, 955, which which I'm okay with. Considering you got 17 bunnies, you'll take that. Yeah, I'll take. I actually didn't even make a trade this week because I was trying to get um, Taff and Russell out, but then I just I, I was like 10k short, so I thought, fuck it, I'll just leave it. The old auto, autopilot. Yeah, I'll that's back it. it. <laughs> Heavily back it, mate. Uh, teamless drop this afternoon. Um, I, when I looked at them at first, I didn't think it was overly chaotic, but since then we've had a bit of trouble down there at the Melbourne Storm. Harry Grant was named. For me, he was probably the player of the week last week. He's mm-hmm. now come down with COVID. Got rumours circulating that half of the Melbourne Storm forward pack was hanging around at his joint the night before, including Brandon Smith, who was named on the extended. Harry Grant, if he's not playing, which it looks like he's not, that's going to be quite a stinger, isn't it? It is, mate, for a number of reasons. Uh, as a very patient Harry Grant owner, uh, was a kick in the ass to see him get COVID, but the poor bugger hopefully he gets through the week okay. But... I sort of look at it with a silver lining. I know there was a lot of people looking to bring in Harry Grant this week. Uh, a lot of them people I know are now looking towards Tommy Starling. So the way I see it, or I'm trying to see it in a glass, glass, glass half full perspective, is that they'll now jump to Tommy Starling, wait a month or so on Harry Grant. So when Grant comes back, he'll be lower ownership. Uh, that's how I'm looking at it anyway. Big win for Tommy Starling this week. Obviously, Josh Hodgson out. Uh, that role is his now. There's a lot of reasons to be excited about him. There is, mate. Averaged 44 minutes last season, so he looks to play probably what'll be a 65-70 minute role this year, so immediate upside in that. He's just a very good footballer, Tommy. He is, I mean, it's it's hard not to see similar, similarities in his style between himself and Damien Cook. Obviously, Cook's probably a bit more of an organiser than Tommy, but 
Tommy's never really been given a chance to, to, to start for extended periods at the Raiders. I think this year, a bit of a coming of age for him. He's maturing as a footballer. Uh, it could be his year and a bit of a breakout year for him. We know how good he can be. So supercoach-wise, mate, he's, I think he's about early 300K. So there's very big opportunity for him there uh, for people who are keen. Whether the Raiders have the form to make him relevant, I'm not too convinced just yet, but I can see why people are looking at Tommy this week. Mate, one of his teammates returns this week, Schneider, and me personally, I love his matchup this week mm. against Gold Coast Titans in Canberra. This one could be 40-all, and Schneider, he could kick five or six goals here. I'm very excited about him this week. Yeah, thankfully, because particularly another bloke we'll get to shortly, but Jackson Hastings, if he's out, um, people will need Schneider. It's an awkward match-up, the Titans, because they haven't changed for three years, have they? They've got 40 points in them every week, but can still lose matches. From a supercoach perspective, we don't care, because that means points, points, points. So, uh, Snyder, the big thing is that well, he should be kicking goals there. Jordi Rapana's an outside chance, but it should be Schneider. I think he hit four from four in round one, so it'll be hard to go against him there. Uh, and the fact that he can plug a hole this week, the next two weeks, I think the Raiders play Manly and Melbourne, I'd be more concerned, but there should be points on offer against the Titans. Tell you what, if Rapana kicks, I'm going to be beside myself. He, he, he is the mascot for part-time kickers for me, Jordi Rapana. He is, and it's a class um, that's dropped some great names over the years, and most of them tend to be Raiders wingers in Blake Ferguson, whenever he got the tee, it was exciting. Josh Dugan, whenever he got the tee, it was exciting. Rapana, I don't like putting Rapana in a category with those guys, but it's exactly what he is in a part-time kicker. And every time he steps up, you're just sitting there going, this could be anything. It could be black dot. Um, it could go on a right angle to the left. Like it's, <laughs> I love Geordie. So I'd love to see him kick, but not this week, I don't think. Oh, I, I look at him when he lines up a kick, and I, I watch him come back, and I think he could kick this with either foot here. He yeah. could decide now which <laughs> foot he's going to kick this with. Uh, absolutely love the bloke. God, he's a little wild card, though. Mate, you mentioned Jackson Hastings. He is going to be challenging his charge. If he wins it, he plays this weekend, which if you're the Tigers and you're Michael Maguire, you're desperate to get Hastings back. It's like he was the only bloke that played the other day mm. for the Tigers. Uh, if he loses this, three weeks out, which should be a real stinger for all Supercoach players. I think, well, not all, but vast majority of guys would have Hastings. Um, I think he scored 50-odd points on the weekend in a team that didn't score any points. Uh, yeah, I think a lot of people will be watching this one very closely. I know that Jacko thinks he's a really good chance of, of getting off this one. They've got a pretty fair argument going in. How important is he going to be? He is for, for so many reasons. I mean, we look at Supercoach, obviously, and that's what this show's about. Footy perspective, the Tigers, you know, no Adam Dewey there. If Hastings misses out as well, you just think, where are any points coming from in that side? Um, you know, they've got some strike power on the edges, but, you know, if, they're not, if it's not created on the inside, then no chance. Supercoach-wise, it's a really tough one because if he does get suspended for two or three weeks... You know, where do you go with him? Do you hold him at 350k? As you mentioned last week, 51, uh, no tries, no conversions in that at all. So, rock solid. The Tigers, about the only good thing they've got going for them, Supercoach-wise, at the moment is their draw. Really soft draw over the next four or five weeks. So, Hastings can score well, make some money. He's underwhelmed so far, so I'm, glad, I'm pretty glad that I dodged him. But, mate, people need him on the park and... On what we saw last week, he can punch out a pretty slight... I think he based based 35 last week, which is outstanding for a half. Yeah, and if they do manage to score a few tries during this run, we saw last week he is goal-kicking. As we've been telling you for a few weeks, he will goal-kick. So, uh, yeah, hopefully he does get off because the Tigers desperately need him and my Supercoach team needs him just quietly as well. Mate, let's move to the Penrith Panthers. A couple of interesting names here. The first one... Taylor May. I am huge on this kid. He's going to be outside Tago for the next few weeks with Brian Toto injured. Um, 
I've watched these two play a lot in New South Wales Cup together out on the left edge. They are two guys to watch over the next few weeks. I'm seriously considering going straight down to him. What are your thoughts? Yeah, I mean, we've spoken about Targo and how good he's been on that left edge for Penrith. He's basing like 40 points per game, which for a rookie is absurd. Like, in context, like Brian Toto, who's got the best base in Supercoach, is about 40 per game. Campbell Graham's thereabouts, Dane Gago's thereabouts. For Targo to come in and do that and be as good an attacker as he is, we talked about him having a Supercoach friend of the game. Talia May's not going to base 40 per game, we don't think, but... He's a similar mould in that he'll bust tackles, he should offload, he's on that golden spot on the left edge for the Panthers, so look, he'll be a great buy, he's edge Robert Jennings for that position, um, he'll make good metres, very super coach friendly game, <clears throat> my only issue is, and why I won't be going early, as tempting as it is, mate, Brian Ty every year gets injured, we get told he's out for two months, he's back within two weeks, he's, I don't know if he's one of the great healers of the game, or if Ivan Cleary just smokescreens us. Remember the end of last year, got told he's gone for ages, was out for about two weeks. Like Caused absolute chaos in my draft yeah, competition, ended yeah. a few friendships. So, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Do, do recall that event, fisted me as well. Uh, <laughs> let's go to Ivan Jungbloke. Nathan, uh, was due back round three, round four, around that mark. Uh, he has been named on the extended bench today. Uh, we will see whether he's playing or not Friday, 3 p.m., which... Uh, not ideal, but it could be much worse. Uh, very exciting times if he does play. Even if he doesn't, you have to assume next week he will return. What's our plan around Cleary? Freeing up cash uh, for Cleary. It's as simple as that because we're going to want him straight away and a bloke we'll get to in a minute in Nico Hines. People are looking at him. I'm a little bit reluctant to invest because I know that I want Cleary more than I want Hines. Uh, you know, an awkward matchup for Cleary this week against the Knights if he does get there. Bunnies next week, round five, Bulldogs, then goes Broncos, Raiders, Titans. So basically, I want Nathan Cleary from round five. You can't expect to get to round five and just think, sweet, I've got 950k to spend straight in. You've got to make plans for Nathan Cleary for a bottomed out Tom Trebojevic, who we're also going to be after pretty soon as well. Um, so basically with Cleary, the way, the way where I'm at with my trades this week, I'm sitting here going... Got 250k sitting on my not sitting on my bench in my cap. Do I spend it and cash in on that and hopefully the points that come with it, or do I look ahead to two weeks and say that for Nathan Cleary? That's what I'm leaning to at the moment, even if it takes a little bit of a hit in the meantime. Um, but basically, you don't want to get to round four or five and go, I can't afford Cleary and I can't afford him for a few more weeks. So, is there a strategy to not getting Cleary straight away? The way that points are being scored at the moment worries me a little bit if he's going to come back from injury mm. and just fall into place. Panthers, you know, they are missing a couple of troops. It doesn't seem to impact them very much. But is there an argument to wait a little bit on Cleary? There is a massive argument, and, and that's why I will be waiting, because at the start of the year it was, get him in if he's, if he's named, happy days. What have we seen so far? I think there was three tonnes in the first week of Supercoach. Um, one of them was a relevant player in Jerome Hughes. This week just been, there was four tonnes. I think two or three of them were like 101 and 103 or something. The scoring is down dramatically this season. We're going to get to that for later in the show more so. But off the back of it, you know, we can't just assume Cleary comes out and gets anywhere near that $950,000 price tag. It could be another Tommy Turbo situation where, you know, two weeks in and he's got a break even of 300 and then we're going, geez, do we, do we trade him and cash in and waste a couple of trades? So... The beauty of him is we get a few, a few free looks at him. Not only do we get a few looks at Cleary, but we get another week or two of the NRL to see if this low scoring is the norm uh, or if it will revert back to 2021 with these record-breaking scores. So 
definitely wait um, and just have a look at it. Mate, Angus Crichton uh, hasn't scored fantastically so far, but he scored well enough to not be an issue for people. I think that people have got bigger issues to deal with outside of Angus Crichton. Robbo named his team this afternoon and he's been benched. Uh, this is a worry. He will probably, I, I would assume that he'll play uh, through the middle this week. He might come on later and move, move Nat Butcher in the middle, but that 80 minutes, he won't be getting that. So it's a worry. All of a sudden, there's another question mark over another player that a lot of people didn't have an issue with. It is. And like he's, he started slowly scoring, averaging 56 per game. But that's been without any sort of real attacking stats. He based 56 in the round one, which was outstanding. I see him, if he does play off the bench, as named, 60, maybe 65 minutes, but probably 60, which is fine. But there's a lot of players that, that go sort of from edge to middle and you think, all right, it's not the end of the world, um, a.k.a. let's or EG, should I say, Josh Curran, who his PPM goes up because his work rate goes up, even if it is in a little bit lesser time. Crichton gets so many like, quality attacking stats on the edge in a lethal Roosters outfit, so it concerns me. Um, he'll still score well. But at 650k, break even of 105, I don't know, do, do you burn a trade to get him out? Realistically, he'll be a keeper again down the track and, and a must-have two trades. I'm not sure. I'm glad I'm not, not in that position. But off the bench, jeez, oh I'll be tempted to sell if there's no other issues in your team. Yeah, that's the thing. He, he, he's a problem if you're flying everywhere else, isn't he? I think we call it in Supercoach a luxury trade. Yeah. Not one that you, you sort of... Ideally want to make, but if you're looking at seriously doing it, your team's probably in a good position. Luxury. Yeah. Mate, um, the Newcastle Knights coming out here looking like the Harlem Globetrotters to kick off the season. One last week without Clemmer, without Saifidi and without Caelan Ponga. Saifidi comes back in this week, as does Caelan Ponga. KP's obviously uh, the more relevant of the two there. Mate, with the way Newcastle's going, I mean... The, the, the problem is with KP, you watch him in the trials, you watch him in round one, and they went well, and he didn't really score overly well. I've had a few people message me saying, oh, the Knights are starting to get on a roll. Do we move to him? I don't know. I'm not convinced yet. I'm, I'm pretty close to convinced that Newcastle aren't going to be the team I expected, but I'm not convinced on KP yet. What are your thoughts? I think um, the Knights the last few seasons have had a massive reliance on getting the ball to Caelan Ponga, even when the situation didn't demand it. Yeah. And it just stunted their attack. It didn't work out. KP's a freak and he'd pull things out of his ass and set up tries and score tries and do that. Um, credit to O'Brien. He's sort of gone back and gone... He's, what he's done is he's backed his halves in Clifford and Clune and said, no, these boys can get not only get us around the park, but they can create points. It's taken a lot of pressure off Caelan Ponga. The boys are delivering. Whether they can do it week in, week out, you know, we'll reassess in a month's time. But what that, that is also going to do is... It's going to make Ponga more of an attacking weapon because instead of defences just sliding out and going, it's going out the back to KP. It's going out the back to KP. They'll be going, geez, is, is Clifford going to take the line on? Is he going to play short to Frizzell? Um, or is he going out the back? It all bodes well for Ponga. Supercoach-wise, as it stands, he already has that niggle from last week that saw him miss out. I, Nico Hines, in a very short space of time, has succeeded him as a buy at fullback. I've got Pappy, I've got Teddy, I'm happily holding on to them two and one of them two will turn into Tommy Turbo in two or three weeks. But as it stands, you know, the Knights play the Panthers this week, then the Sharks, then the Seagulls, then they go Dragons, Eels, Storm. Really tough run. Um, Ponga not for me for at least five, six rounds. Mate, I, I honestly, if Newcastle win all those games and KP averages 50, I won't be surprised. 
Yeah. I'd be surprised if they win all those games. But if they were to and he averaged 50 still, I wouldn't be shocked with, with the way that they're playing and the role that he's playing in that team. Mm. And it'd be great to see for the night. Again, pressure off KP. Um, the halves are going to have to continue to stand up week in, week out. As we said, can we do it? Time will tell. Mate, Wilton over at Cronulla. Uh, he's uh, suspended, obviously. He's not playing this week. I know a lot of people were very keen on him. He'd scored a couple of meaties in the first few weeks. Come up with a match winner mm. uh, this week. Disappointing for a lot of super coaches. It is, mate. Uh, 81 average start the season. Neg 21 break even. Lots of interest around Teague Wilton. It's just, it's one of them ones where you go, all right, is he going to, despite missing this week, of course, is he going to earn that spot on merit? Uh, with Wade Graham coming back, with Nakora on the other edge, probably not. Um, you know, they're two well-credentialed footballers. Even if he earns a starting spot, we've seen Nakora shift back to the bench as per last year. Nakora still, like, Nakora isn't coming on as a middle. Teague Wilton can play in the middle. So at 427k, Wilton probably needs an 80-minute edge roll to be relevant. I don't think he's going to get that uh, once Wade Graham's back. They have a few other options. But basically, I think he needs one of Nakora or Graham out for an extended period to be relevant. Um, but when he is on the field and playing minutes, geez, he's a good footballer and he's a very good super coach player. Yeah, it worries me the timing of when Wade could return. I also, if I was Wilson, I think Sifatalakai is the last bloke I want to give an opportunity to in my jersey. Hey, Talakai is a really interesting one. <laughs> there are so many players in the Talakai category that you just sit there and some of the stuff they do with ball. He's been really good this year, Talakai. There were times last year when he came back and, and there were stages where he looked unfit and while he'll run over bloke, he'll also make a horrendous defensive read or, or a lazy tackle. And that's what I think a lot of um, the general sort of rugby league crowd don't see. That They see Greg Marju run over the top of blokes. They see Talakai do it or BJ Leilua. They don't see, which it's hard to, but the intricacies of, of the tackles these blokes are missing or the defensive misreads. And that's why they're not getting these regular starts. So... Yeah, look, I think Wilton has a job far more assured than, than Talakai does. And Talakai, to Teague Wilton's prospects, doesn't worry me. Yeah, right, okay. I, I just, fuck. He's a sort of player, Siffer, that if you, if you give him a sniff, he can really make you pay for it. Oh. And I'm not worried about him taking an 80-minute roll from him, but I could yeah. see a world where Siffer maybe eats into some minutes there. Like, for me, if, if I'm defending against the Sharks and I've got Siffer Talakai on that left edge where they're so strong all of a sudden, I think that'll be a serious problem. But... Regardless, Wade Graham is the biggest red flag yep. by a country mile there. Mate, let's talk about some of the notable players this week. Obviously, we're getting price rise at the end of this week. We're also getting a heap of price drops. Uh, this guy, Tommy Turbo. I, we we said don't start with him. I'm stoked that I haven't. Absolutely stoked. Um, I didn't think it would be pretty, but I didn't think it would be this bad. Um, I know that a lot of people with Turbo are telling me, don't worry, he'll score 150 against Canterbury this week. Have you been watching football? Have you been watching rugby league the first few weeks? Canterbury aren't. I, I, I don't think they're going to just bend over and let Manly do whatever they want to him. Personally, I'm really worried about Turbo. If you had him, would you be selling him? I mean, he's, he's almost going to lose so much money that all of a sudden the argument makes more sense. Even though if you would have said to me two weeks ago, I'm going to sell Turbo after week two, I would have said there's not a world where you do that. The way I see it, we... As a general rule, I and a lot of other people in the Supercoach community value a trade at a minimum of $100,000. Tommy Turbo, if he churns out, pumps out 130 in consecutive weeks, still drops $200,000. 
Uh, he's got a 37 in his roll, three-round rolling average from last week, which means his break-even stays high no matter what he does this week, barring 200-plus. So, you know, he could lose to 5,300K. So what that says to me is that while I hate trading a gun out because they're set to lose a bit of money because you're basically burning two trades when you don't have to, there's value in trading because, you know, barring massive scores, he's going to drop a significant amount of coin. You can fix other issues with your team, prop up any other areas. Not only can you get improve underperforming players in the rest of your squad with that money, but you can also get blokes with low break-evens who are going to make money. So... So all of a sudden, that 250k that you're saving on Tommy Turbo, you might make 250k elsewhere. That's a half a million dollar swing. And I, I just think you, you have to do it. It's a tough one to swallow with games against the Bulldogs and, and a really soft draw coming up, but I just don't think there's any way around it. It's one of the most bizarre Supercoach situations you could find yourself in, yep. right? Like to have to trade out the best player in Supercoach as he's about to hit a run that is seemingly the dream. It is, mate. And... I'm so glad I dodged it at the yeah. start of the season. It, it, was, it was on every podcast, every article, Supercoach-related, you could find what to do with Tommy Trebojevic for round one. Um, and thank Christ, we're on the good end of it, mate. The SC Playbook podcast has teamed up with proud sponsors Pat and George from Mortgage Choice Sutherland, Cronulla and Wollongong this season. The boys are experts in all types of home, commercial and car loans. So whether you're a local or living interstate and looking to purchase your first ever home, or chase the last rate for your refinance, give them a call on 9521 1611 today and mention SC Playbook for your free tailored expert advice session. Mate, Nico Hines, you've already touched on him a little bit. I've been, the eye test with me has been so impressive. I still think he's got so much more to offer as well. I think that team will get better and better. And considering scores have been pretty low to kick off the season, and Nico Hines, I don't think he's at his best. Fuck, his scores have been impressive. Mate, Nico Hines, uh, one that I'm happy to admit that I got wrong in the preseason. I got it right in the sense that a new half at a new club playing a semi-new position was going to be clunky and take time. It has been. I think there's been a lot of his combinations with blokes on his outside and around that team. There's been, you know, stop starts, balls going to ground, some, some ugly stuff going on. There's also been some really nice stuff. We saw him set that try up for Teague Wilton. He set one up for uh, Nakora in the trial game and has looked great times. What I got wrong with Nico Hines was just his sheer willingness to be around the ball and have the ball in his hands. So I'll read a few stats out to you. I thought watching that game on the weekend without checking live scores, he scored about 60 points. I was like, you beauty. One try assist, two try contributions, one conversion, 25 tackles, five tackle breaks, a forced dropout, three effective offloads, three line breaks, 10 points, uh, 10 runs, should I say, for just over 100 points. Nothing he did was outstanding, but when you have your hands on your ball that much, adding the touch of class that he's got, mate, they rack up. It's, It's exactly what... You know, he's a different player to Nathan Cleary, but that's how Cleary does it each and every week. Even in a quiet game, he turns out 80s to 100s. And you're just sitting there going, where did that come from? He just has points in every category that you can score in. So, Nico Hines now, I think he's the most traded in this week at this stage. You know, hard to argue, isn't it? Mate, I, I did a thing on my podcast today just analysing that very last play that they scored off. And just watching Nico Hines that set, he got it at first receiver on the right. He threw it to Will Kennedy. He got it at first receiver on the next play. Gave it to Braley. He gave it to Hamlin Uele. 
He went from the left tram line mm. to out the back of Moyland on the next play. He just went sideline to sideline that entire set and sort of guy he is. And as you said, when it does break down, I love that Hines just goes. Yeah. That's the other thing that makes him so fucking dangerous. If it doesn't work, he just goes. And for me, he's a bit like Munster. That's when he's at his most dangerous. When things break down and he just goes, he looks lethal. So he's a guy that... You know, I'm, I'm very keen to get in. I don't know if I'm, I'm going to be able to make it work. Is there? A, can, can you get Hines in this week and then can you go to Cleary in another two weeks? That's sort of the problem that I'm facing. Look, you can, but at what cost? So, as I said, I'm not trading out Pappenhausen or Teddy. Um, Pappy's been a little underwhelming. Mate, the Storm's draw will open up. He'll come good. Um, via a brief Harry Grant stint, uh, he got the goal-kicking duties back. Uh, following that sort of foot or ankle injury that he had. Mate, points will come. Pappy will be all good. I'm not selling Teddy. I've got Sammy Walker at halfback along with Schneider. Schneider's got money to be made. I'm happy with what Sammy Walker produced on the weekend. I'm still not convinced that he'll be what I expect him to be, but he scored 58, 60-odd, uh, and I'm happy with him for the time being. So, as you said, like as a dual halfback, fullback, where do you get him in? Do you somehow find the money to go... Uh, uh, a Schneider up to him, do you cut ties with a Sam Walker or another halfback? But as you mentioned, if you say you cut ties with Sammy Walker to Hines, which it looks a fine trade, well, in two weeks' time when you want Cleary, you're still going to have the same issue with Schneider, aren't you? Yeah. Um, so for me, he's a very reluctant avoid, purely because of the way my team's set up. I'm keeping some faith in Sammy Walker, but... You know, because a lot of people will be in the same boat, going early on Hines and maybe making that play and waiting on... Cleary for an extra week or two could pay off big time. Mate, let's talk about Fafita. Um, I wouldn't... Must I guess you, not to, mate. Yeah, well, I, I guess at the same time, I want to call it a disappointing start by Supercoach standards. But, mate, I mean, considering that it, when I watched that game, it looks like he's done absolutely jack shit. He's actually scored reasonably well, considering that he hasn't got the ball. It, it looks like Jaden Campbell is sort of screwing him over mm. a little bit. It's a bit like the uh, Tessie New effect over there. Fafita's another guy that he's going to leak a bit of coin. I know a lot of people are trading him out. Um, and, you know, I, I, I had a look at my team today and I took Fafita out and it just gives you so many options. But then, man, if I'm sitting there this weekend and all of a sudden Fafita gets 15 runs of the ball, I, I, I just remember there was a period last year where I didn't have him and I was just sitting behind the couch shitting myself watching Titans games. Where do you sit? Last weekend's game, 54 points, that unbelievable pass he threw for a try-assist, line-break assist. Without that, he scores about 32, 34 points in 65 minutes of footy, which is pass, really. Um, whether that's him not looking for the ball, maybe that's the Campbell effect, uh, maybe the Titans are struggling to, to find the best way to use him. I think it's all a load of shit at the end of the day. Like It's not that hard to get a ball to the best player on your team. But fuck, they make it look hard. They make it look extremely hard. Like, and they consistently make it yeah. look hard. Yeah, and, and it, it, I don't know why. Like At the end of the day, uh, you know, you play the ball in the middle of the field, you hit your halfback, your halfback hits for feet early. Like, why are they overcomplicating things? I don't know. Uh, super coach-wise... I'm an owner. Uh, there's not too many trades I want to make this week. It probably makes sense to trade him, but the way I'm looking at him, I'm looking back at that, all right, trade valued roughly 100K sort of conundrum. Even if he drops 150K, I'm not that concerned because I have faith that he'll come good and, you know, in two weeks' time, people could be going, why'd we doubt him? Like, yeah. we saw what he did last year. So break even to about 128. He could hit that this weekend. He could hit 50 again. I don't know. Um, I'm not an oracle, but I just think 
he's definitely going, he'll be a must-have. And people are going to want him in his team sooner rather than later. So I don't want to burn two trades to do that. That being said, pretty happy with things elsewhere in my team. So maybe this is where you start looking at your 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 fund for Nathan Cleary and Tom Trebojevic. And you go, all right, maybe like Jeremiah Nanai, non-owners or someone like that out there, where you can go for feeder down to him, what's that? Give you about 400K in your bank, which allows you to go Sam Walker to Cleary or Pappenhausen to Turbo. Um, so that's probably the argument for, but... I'm going to hold. He's about 38% owned. I'm, a, I'm banking on a lot of people jumping off shit this week, become a bit of a semi-pod, uh, and that's when things will get exciting. Katoni Staggs, our boy, both been very high on him. Uh, it's been a pretty disappointing start to the season. I, he doesn't look hungry to get the football mm. to me. I look at Herbie Farmworth on the other side of the field, and I just think, fuck, if you put Herbie's mindset in Katoni's, be averaging about 120 at the moment. Um, Katoni had one opportunity to score. He, he essentially had t- two opportunities to do something. One of them, he, he made a 30-metre break. He got pushed out. The other one, he, he went straight through him and he dropped the ball over the line. What did he score, 32? 32 I mean, points. Fuck, the 32 when he seemingly did nothing and looked kind of lazy to me. It sort of tempts me to stick with him, but I'm obviously very biased. You put your normal head on. Where do you sit? <laughs> Semi-normal head. Uh, maybe on the inside, I don't know about the outside, but, <laughs> mate, uh, look, he was an inch, possibly half an inch from that 32 being 60 points. If that happens, no one is even considering trading him out, are they? And I think it's as simple as that. He, he plays the Cowboys this week, then the Warriors. Gets a little bit tougher out of that, after that draw-wise, but I, I'm happy... I'm not happy with Katoni Staggs, and he's not getting enough good ball. But we thought last week that maybe Reynolds coming back would open up a bit more early ball for him. It's a very similar case to Fafita. Why is their best attacking player not getting early ball? Hopefully they can deal with this, and when Reynolds you know, gets settled in his new environment, there is more early ball. If he was 600k, I'd go, righto. He's going to plummet cash. There's red flags there. Let's get rid of him. At 430k, I'm like, it's not the end of the world. I didn't expect him to get 70, 80, 90, 100 the first few rounds. So I'm sticking strong. Um, but, you know, there's genuine cause for concern, isn't there? What about the fellow outside him, Selwyn Cobbo? Well, if Katoni Stags isn't getting ball, Cobbo's getting less ball, isn't he? Um, so mate, they're, they're, they're two peas in a pod at the moment in terms of NRL and in terms of Supercoach. If Reynolds starts getting them early ball, um, Cobbo opens up, the opportunities are there. But... <laughs> You know, Staggs has runs on the board, doesn't he? Cobbo doesn't, as good as he looks. So that's why I'm happy to persist with Staggs. I don't own Cobbo, but I'm not interested until I see a little bit more from that right edge of Brisbane. I think with that right edge too, once they... Just from watching Staggs over the year, once he does score that first one, I think he can start to get some momentum off the back of that. He becomes a very confident sort of guy. So fingers crossed it comes this week and not in round eight. And the biggest thing is Brisbane are winning games for footy. Um, that's what we wanted. Uh, I mean, that's what we wanted from a super coach, Katoni Staggs owner perspective, isn't yeah. it? So nothing else. But um, so the fact that they're winning games and, and putting up a fight and not being the pushovers that they have been in recent years, that's enough to suggest that points will come for Katoni Staggs. Mate, Brandon Smith, we've obviously got a little asterisk next to him because we're not sure whether he'll actually play this weekend. A lot of rumours going around that he was with Harry Grant last night, I believe. So we might see him ruled out, but... Him being named on that extended bench now with Harry Grant out, if he is able to play, um, you know, you would assume he plays nine this week. But the impl- implications moving forward, now that he is back so much earlier, could hurt a few guys in Supercoach teams and in this Storm side. Drama. Drama all around, mate. 
Josh King, 255k, neg eight break even, averaging 66 minutes, no Christian Welch. Uh, no Brandon Smith until out of nowhere he gets named this week after being out for six to eight weeks. Like, spare me, bellyache. Um, King was locked in as one of my trades this week and, and I was going to move a few bits and bobs through dual position to get him to get him into my team. Now I'm sitting there going, all right, he should play decent minutes again this week regardless of, of Brandon Smith. As you said, if Smith plays, you'd imagine he plays nine. But what happens when Grant's back next week? Um King, yeah, he'll spend time at prop, but Smith, it'll be a big minute lock. Grant will play 65 80 at hooker. You know, they've got forwards in that middle rotation. How many minutes does he get in there? His PPM hasn't been terrific despite getting the big minutes. I'm still very tempted to get him in, but the naming of Brandon Smith made him go, in my eyes, from close to a must have this week to a lots of questions to be asked. Isn't the storylines of Supercoach just unbelievable and how the littlest shit can impact you Mate, so much? The shit that we think of, you say to to rugby league fans who don't play Supercoach and, and they just think you're a lunatic. Like It is such irrelevant. Like a bloke moving from a left edge to a right edge or number 14 to 15 or Me something. Me knowing really. that Cheese had dinner with Harry Grant two nights ago <laughs> and that's heaps relevant to my life all of a sudden. Yeah. It's just, yeah. it is so backwards. Mate, uh, let's talk about a couple of back rowers, a couple of damaging back rowers. Kikau, he has hit the ground running this year. Two tries last week. It was his 100th game of first grade. Obviously on that left edge for the Penrith Panthers. Where do you sit on kicks? Pre-season, I was sitting there going... Valued about what he should be, attacking stat reliant, needs to get them to be relevant, probably can do it, but not a gamble I want to take. Well, he's blown that out of the park, hasn't he? Because he's delivered the attacking stats. He looks unbelievable, like just fit as a fiddle and, and going great guns. Um, negative two break even uh, for any rookie super coaches. If he comes out and gets concussed, don't wish that upon anyone in the first minute and gets one point, he makes money. Um, so there's a lot of money to be made in kick out. The, the upside to kick out is obvious, but, you know, he's a safe trade in, in the sense that he should make you, you know, minimum 100k based on that break even, can turn into a season-long keeper that everyone wants, you know, a David Fafita type, if he keeps going on like this. And it's, it's a bit unrealistic to think he keeps going like this, <clears throat> averaging 87 so far this season with back-to-back scores of that. <laughs> he just looks safe to me. Um, worst case scenario, you earn 100k, trade him out and, and, and trade him to an, an Angus Crichton in three, four weeks' time and probably make 50k. So mm. uh, anyone who started with him, good luck to him. Yeah, for sure. Mate, one that I'm very interested, I think I will bring him in this week. Uh, did well in the first week without being sensational, but week two, Ola Kowatu, uh, I think he scored 77 uh, in a manly side that was going like a busted asshole. They looked awful. I had him in my super coach team and... Mate, I got to the end of the game and I think he was on 60. I think he updated to 77. Mm. I think he might have been on 68 or something. And I just thought, fuck, how on earth did he get to 68 points? I didn't. I hardly noticed him. Then it went up to 77. That's incredible. Yeah. Speaking of attacking upside, we know what he can do with ball in hand. He's done that in a horrific manly outfit in games against Penrith and the Roosters. He's based 47, which is pretty damn good for a bloke who... A bit like Kikau, generally relies a little bit on attacking stats to be among the elite back rowers. <coughs> Pardon me. Um, you know, games now come against the Bulldogs, the Raiders, the Knights, Titans, Sharks. Much, much easier fixtures. A manly side who can surely only improve. You remember that first game back, he was meant to miss a month of yeah. footy. Um, so there might have been a bit of hesitance there. 512k, uh, he looks the goods. He was a guy I was real keen in on, 
on in preseason until that that preseason injury. Um, mate, it's pretty hard to argue with him on what we've seen thus far. This is what did surprise me in the preseason. All the talk was about Josh Schuster. The value was always with him. I thought, big time, yeah. And and, and Schuster, you know, base is a little bit lower. I'm saying, it, yeah, I've, I was always on the Olakatu band, mm. bandwagon as well. So a little bit surprised about that. But I suppose Schuster's a bit flashier. You know, he gets people a little bit excited. Um, but it's always the hope he plays five eight. Yeah, exactly yeah. right. So. Mate, the trade boost. Uh, plenty of people will be using it this week. I think there's a good chance I use it this week. Uh, I used one trade last week, so I think I can sort of afford to use it mm. this week if I want. What are your thoughts on it? Are you, will you be using it yourself? I had all last week I'd planned to because I sort of thought there was a lot of good buys looming, a lot of players in my team who might have been um, looking to get the axe. But the way things have panned out, I don't think I need you all three now. Again, this could change dramatically come Thursday night. My trade boost plans basically to save them for the origin period because post-origin one when uh, in past Supercoach seasons we've had that super trade week where you get five trades between I think it was just before origin two maybe um, that's as an overall player what we aim to do and get numbers on the park over the origin period so if I can avoid it I want to be using, uh, off the top of my head, I don't know which rounds Origin are this season, but say it's 12, 15, 18, like it normally is. Yep. Sort of round 13, 14, 15, 16, 17. In a perfect world, I want to be using them four or five weeks in a row to maximise players on the park over those two game weeks. That might likely won't go to plan, and there might be weeks where... There's three trades. I'm going to, I need to make these trades for the sake of my team. And sweet, pull it early. And and for a lot of people, that'll be this week before initial price rises. Yeah. Um, so, you know, it's each of their own and then how teams are lining up. But all going to plan, that's how I want to use my, my trade boosts. I suppose especially if you're someone that is letting Tommy Turbo go this week, you want to spend that cash this week. Exactly. That right, it becomes mate. super relevant. Definitely. Per- yeah. Like perfect example of it. Mate, a little bit of draft chat, and um, you know it's very early in the season to go too deep in, into draft. But the one thing that I've noticed in my comp, I'm in a 14 man comp uh, captains league, so you know a, a good score used to be 840, 830 mm. around that mark. That was a good score. You were happy. You'd win most of the time with that, mate. Blokes are lucky to get 800 in my comp at the moment. The amount of captains that have gone sub 70. It was not even funny. Like, oh, I, I was playing Harry Grant this week. He scored 90. And I just remember sitting there going, I'm never going to catch that. I'm never going to be able to catch 90. Whereas last year, 90 used to be, I'll wear that. If that's a vice captain, I'll cop that. I can probably beat that yeah. with two or three players potentially. Um, mate, I said last week that I want to see how it goes for the first few weeks. And I still do. But I'm getting more and more confident that we're heading back to old school sort of super coach. What are you saying? There's, there's a few... A few things which we, we touched on briefly in the, the regular SC Playbook podcast this week and s- some really interesting points. Firstly, the grounds underfoot are wet still due to the mass amounts of rain. That impacts things, you know, slippery ball, um, blokes getting tired, tired legs, all these sort of things. The other one and, and the big one, <laughs> New South Wales Cup and lower grade players have hardly played a game of footy for two years. So... <clears throat> Down the track as COVID hits injuries, we've had a, a stack of like ACLs go already this season and other relevant injuries and that sort of thing. Teams are going to get more and more decimated as they do every single year as the season goes on. 
as these players come through without a lot of footy under their belt, I think we'll start seeing blowout score lines again and one-sided fixtures. Um, you're right in the sense that we're two rounds in and the scores are, are very much lower. And I'm with you. I'm starting to think, all right, it's going to be dramatically lower scoring than last year's like record-breaking year. If that eventuates, it means that these attacking players, Tommy Turbo, Nathan Cleary, Alex Johnson, Ruben Garrick, uh, Brian Tope, massively overpriced and can hemorrhage cash. And we need to react to this as quick as we can. Mm. If we get through, through round three and the same thing happens, we can start sort of saying, all right, scores are going to be down this year. Um, so, mate, there's, there's a lot of things to consider. The other thing is, early on in the year, mate, teams have looked clunky, attacks have looked clunky, things will click, combinations will form, and I think there'll be more points on the board. But what we've seen so far, there's nothing to suggest that we're going to return to 2021 anytime soon. Mate, just talking about this week coming up and when we're looking at captain options... I, me, me and Matty were talking the other day. When I'm looking at the games this week, if I was to tip four out of eight, I'd be mm. stoked. It is an absolute nightmare week. Captains-wise, going to be very, very tough. You've obviously got Teddy. He's going up against the Rabbitohs. You've got your, your Latrells, your Cody's, who, who you're probably not going to pick anyway, but coming up against this Rooster side, you've got your Panthers boys against the Knights. Melbourne's Melbourne without Harry Grant. They've got the Eels. Um, mate, the only matchup, the, the only game that I think is going to be a lot of points in is the Raiders and the Titans. Seagulls have got Canterbury at home, but mate, I'm far from confident. If Turbo goes sub 50 in that, I really won't be surprised. Where are you looking as far as your captains and vice captains? And I don't recall a week where I've been so unsure. This of might be the hardest week I've ever seen yeah. as far as captains yeah. go. I'm yeah. leaning towards similar to last week in Dave Fafita, give him another chance in that Raiders game. Um, there's a lot of rain predicted for the weekend as well. So attacking players become a massive issue. Um, Sydney, I know, is meant to be very wet. So I'm tempted by Ryan Pappenhausen, 5.30 game down in Melbourne against the Eels, but did the Eels knock off Melbourne twice last year? Yep. Massive issue. Um, again, just the fact that Grant's out, Brandon Smith might be out, more concerns there. I do like Pappy for his upside, though. Fafita... Uh, We've already spoken about Fafita, but surely there's fire in the belly for him to answer the critics, which we know he can do in pretty astonishing fashion. Tossing up between them two at the moment, if I was bringing in Nico Hines, if the weather can stay dry till Thursday, which I'm not convinced it will, you've probably got to throw it on him, don't you, against the Dragons there? Um, especially as it'll be fairly low ownership, but it's, it's, you could flip, flick a coin a hundred times and get the wrong answer on this one because... I'd made, I had Harry Grant locked in until two hours ago. Yeah. Then he got COVID, and I'm like, well, stuffed. Well, mate, mate the, the other two names I was going to throw in, if you've got Josh Curran against the West Tigers, I don't mm. hate that one. I mean, are we getting to the point where maybe you just cop a 60 or 70 instead of punting and getting a 39 or, or a 50 from an outside back that could be low? Well, we know it's Payne Haas an option as a skipper this week. Like, it's great. I can't believe we're saying potentially picking back rowers as captains in week fucking three of the yeah. season where I thought avoid them like the plague. It's insane. I'm still leaning towards chasing the 150s. Yeah. Um, because if Melbourne do come out and put 30 or 40 on Parramatta, they they may. Um, Papi can go 150. And whereas your Currens uh, and these back rowers who are playing well and you can lock in a safer 60 to sort of 70, I still think we've got to chase the upside players. But in two weeks' time... We could be, like, Payne Haas could be a set-and-forget skipper if we are genuinely going back to 2019-20 scoring. At this stage, I haven't quite seen enough to, for me to go off that idea of chasing the high scoring. 
Um, but oh, tough. Mate, if if we get rain for a few games, I am seriously looking at Josh Curran. Especially if Jackson Hastings is ruled out of this game, mm. I'm seriously looking at Josh Curran. I. I mean, I mean, you, you you can pick and choose your other captains between Hines, Turbo, and all these. You got to assume that at least one or two of them will, will go sub sixty. Yeah, definitely. Like the way that it's going at the moment, if it's in the wet, so crazy, just unbelievable to think about, mate. Is there anything else that you want to touch on before we do hit the frog and toad, mate? Probably just the the only one thing to touch on is a lesson for every other year we play Supercoach. Last week, people panicking, um, rage trading Roosters players, perform- guns who underperformed, all this sort of stuff. And the message of the week was sit back and be patient. Like, just just chill out. Roosters come out, put on what we expected in round one and put the Manly to the sword and look great. You know, half their team scored really well. All the guns just about performed for us. And it's just like... You know, we, we're, a, we're an impatient bunch of super coaches, especially when we've got trade boosts there and we can use extra trades and all that. But um, it's so early on in the season, there's a lot to play out. Um, and, you know, take that approach into the rest of the season. Don't just, don't just get trigger happy for the sake of it because we need those trades. Uh, that's it from me, mate. <laughs> Guys, thanks for joining us again, once again, on Beers and Breakevens, brought to you by Bloke in a Bar. Get out this weekend, buy yourself a case. And if you're listening on the Supercoach Playbook and you're looking for a bit more content, you want your ears to bleed, come over and listen to the Rugby League Guru podcast. If you're on the Guru podcast and you're looking for more Supercoach content, which you should be, go to the Supercoach Playbook, not only the podcast, Instagram, Twitter. Tell us about it. Mate, you've already got it covered after a few weeks this day. scplaybook.com.au, all the content's there. And I hadn't quite chipped into your uh, your little <laughs> cult following over there, so I thought I had to get in on them. Thanks for tuning in again, guys. Like, subscribe, all the good stuff on YouTube for us. We'll see you next week. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. Welcome back to Two Judgy Girls. I'm Mary from the Bay. And I'm Courtney from LA. TJG is the podcast where we spill all the tea on your favorite reality TV shows, celebrity gossip, and everything in between. We're here to bring you our unfiltered opinions, hilarious commentary, and plenty of laughs along the way. We're two SDSU Delta Gamma sisters with a microphone and a whole lot of opinions. Each week, we dive headfirst into the wild world of reality television from Bravo to all the trash TV you could want. We break down the drama, dissect the latest scandals, and share our thoughts on everything from the jaw-dropping moments to the embarrassing antics. But that's not all. We're not here to just gossip. We're here to connect with you, the jurors, and share our love of all things pop culture. Whether we're dishing on the latest celebrity breakups, discussing our favorite guilty pleasure movies, or sharing embarrassing stories from our own lives, we promise to keep it real, keep it fun, and keep you coming back for more. Come judge with us. Acast helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. Acast.com.